Welcome back to the Two Men Well podcast. And hard to believe it is the last match week of the season. 38 up, 38 down. This is the Championship Sunday podcast. I am Braden. I am here with my co-host Ethan. How's it going? And this is the finale. This is it. We would hope, we would have hoped that maybe it would have been more eventful, certainly last year. This is our second Championship Sunday. In fact, yeah. it's been almost a year since our first podcast um, because our first podcast was Championship League, some, a combination of Championship Sunday and the UCL final. Uh-huh. Um, so this is our second Championship Sunday, the only match week that we have covered twice now. Um, and last year, we covered it in a chronological matter. We yeah. condensed 90 minutes into 30 minutes. And we kind of introduced each goal as it would have happened if it were condensed into 30 minutes. We thought that was pretty innovative at the time. We were prepared to do it again this year. However, there wasn't too much going on outside of the relegation battle. And in the relegation battle, there were realistically, excluding the Tottenham game, two goals that mattered. So, didn't really feel right to do something like that this year. However, everything's going to get covered. And should have some fun today. But before we get into that, we are not going to have a traditional um, worst team wins update because that can, competition has been done and dusted for, let's be honest, 15 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, officially done and dusted for a couple weeks now. So uh, we are going to start off with some exterior news stories that we'd like to cover, starting off with a heartbreaking one. And that is. The Dortmund team that blew their Bundesliga title on Saturday, that was very, very difficult to watch, Ethan. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I wanted to set an alarm for 9.30 because I wanted to obviously watch the whole game. And I woke up at 9.57 thinking to myself, shit, you know, I've missed the first uh, 20 minutes. So, you know, immediately I go on my phone, look at the score. I'm thinking, great, Dortmund's 2-0 up. <laughs> then after another half second, realize that the two is right next to the mine's uh, badge. And yeah, um, just nightmare start for Dortmund. And they're never able to recover. I mean, um, they made some they made some really important substitutions at you know the beginning slash like midway through the second half with Gio Reyna. And honestly, I'm forgetting the young winger's uh, name. He's uh, Belgian. Yeah. But he's absolutely cooking on the right way. Yeah. Um, and they're making a big impact. Reina had the assist on Guerrero's goal to bring it back to 2-1. And a lot of the attack was flowing through him in that second half. Julian Duranville. Yeah, Duranville. Um, keep an eye on him because yeah. <laughs> he he looked absolutely unplayable. Some of the quickest feet I've ever seen. Um but yeah, that was it was really tough to watch. And then I was also watching on my phone the um the Bayern game when I saw yeah. Musiala's game winner, which was a fantastic yeah, goal. Yeah, I mean, you gotta yeah. give credit to him. You know, a young player who's had a fantastic season for Bayern, gone a bit under the radar, I feel like, but an amazing season nonetheless. And he really stepped up to the plate for his club to win just, you know, a very, very boring eleventh <laughs> straight league title at least at least you know they had to like sweat yeah. out yeah. this year um but i think the one thing we do have to mention is that even if Dortmund did win mm. the title in the last you know 
seconds of that game. It would be probably the biggest con- title controversy in history because that yeah. game went on like two extra minutes. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, there's no way this ref the goal- <laughs> isn't investigated <laughs> if a goal is scored here or a winner scored. The equalizer should have been the last kick of the game. Yeah. I think the ball went in after uh-huh. the allowed five minutes and they gave him kickoff and I was like, okay, that's cool. And they gave him like... Another minute and a half for not like they. I don't even think anyone. They weren't even like. Yeah. Just to show, just to give an idea of how late it was, they weren't even like running back to like the halfway line, right? Yeah. They're kind of just jogging back, you yeah. know, just a bit like dejected. Not like yeah. let's get the ball. Let's yeah. Get, yeah. Not like yeah. they pre- They all thought you know that was it. That was the last kick of the game, and they got an extra minute and a half. They like lumped a long ball forward that got knocked down into a yeah. somewhat nice area. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a miracle that Mines only got two in this game, considering all the chances they had. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not act like oh, you know. Obviously, Dorman missed a shit yeah. of chances, yeah. but Mines had in the second half. Every time they won the ball back, not in their own third, they had a numbers up counter attack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless they literally headed clear, uh, you know, across the keeper had collected the ball. Every time they won the ball, they had a numbers up counter attack. Yeah. So they could have had five in the second half, and they should have had one or two at yeah. least. So. Um, yeah, so Byron take home their 11th straight title. Dortmund, got a feel for Marco Royce. He has been through it over the last 11 years. Yeah. And there is nobody on this team that is even close to his tenure on Dortmund. Um, and after, finally, after 10 years, he thought he was going to get a shot, and they fucking blow it at home to Mines. That is so, so brutal. And a feel for Marco Royce. What, what's weird to me is why Jude Bellingham was on the bench. When clearly he was never going to get played. I mean, if you're not going to get subbed in with the game on the line needing yeah. offense, like you were, like the, sorry, the season on the line yeah. needing offense, like why are you even putting your cleats on at that point? Once you're going to miraculously get better over the course of 90 minutes? No. Like you're taking up somebody else's bench spot. But I don't know, maybe you just want to be there for the celebrations. I don't know. But Bayern Munich take home their 11th straight title and. Ludentown, the story yeah. of the championship, get promoted to the Premier League, and the memes on Twitter have not stopped since about this. At Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you name yeah. it, everybody's clowning their stadium, which I think is it's it's all in good jest. No, it, it's all <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, it it was funny for a while. It was fun, but I, I'm calling for this to just like slow down it, it's getting old guys this is the whole like will still is yeah, yeah, played yeah. you know football manager or like you know reams pay like a 30k fine for yeah, every yeah, game yeah. like it's that all over again like i just i can't escape it on social media i see it everywhere we get it you have to walk through somebody's garden to get to the away stand they're gonna have to use a var monitor in someone's living room yeah. like <laughs> we, we've seen it all by this point it's we we've worn it out very quickly. We we could have stretched this until, you know, the start of next season. But no, we we blew it already. It's getting old, guys. It must be said that Moontown kind of earned it in penalties. Their penalties were pretty strong. No, this is a very high-quality penalty issue yeah, from both sides, from yeah. Coventry, too. And you got to give credit to uh, Coventry because for a lot of this game, they really didn't look to be in us. Loon dominated this first half. Um... But Coventry got a really nice goal off the uh, off the counterattack. And after that, I mean, in in extra time, even though both sides had probably like six subs out there because you get 
now you know it's pretty universal the five substitutions um across you know the european leagues and then an additional one in extra time but even despite that both sides just looked really really tired and there just seemed to be a huge lack of quality this was a game that was destined to go to penalties from pretty much like stoppage time of regulation and onwards um but i feel like Luton kind of put themselves in that position to go penalty kicks because they really were the better team in the first half and they kind of let Coventry back into the game a bit. Uh-huh. But they got it done in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, feel for Coventry. Probably neither, you know, both of these teams probably, I don't think both deserve to go up, but they equally deserve to go up. Um, and especially when it goes to penalty shootouts. I mean, you, me, and dad were saying it before the game. We're like, we don't care what happens as long as we can go to penalties because yeah. that is just the most unjust mm-hmm. way to settle something like this 200 plus million on the line settled by a guy you know crumbling out of the pressure in front of yeah. 80,000 people and plus millions watching at home it's just it's terrible 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 stuff the same thing with the world cup just penalties are really unjust and we're not gonna get into that right now but um yeah hate to see it go to penalty shootout somebody's got to be the donkey and unfortunately uh somebody was <laughs> However, we do have some match week 38 coverage to dive into. We're going to go ascending in order of importance, starting off with the games that meant literally nothing, moving into some games that were fun to watch, and then going into some, finally, the games that actually mattered. Starting off with Crystal Palace 1, Nottingham Forest 1. This was... This was one of the games of the Premier League season. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that I can say for sure. Um, one of the games of all yeah. time. <laughs> uh, the only people that watched this were the people inside the stadium, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I believe I said... I said 1-1 for this game. Actually. Well yeah. done. I said... Not the most creative pick, but this is right. I said Palace 2, Forest nil. So, got the amount of goals right, not the distribution. Um, we're not going to bore you with this game. Yeah, it was, it was one of the games of the season. Chelsea won Newcastle won. Now, this this is a game with some implications. Yes. Chelsea managed to outscore Erling Haaland this season. Yes. Which, starting from match week 25, was probably their only goal. Yeah. Considering they... Had- no, it was very much in <laughs> doubt. And honestly, you got to give credit to Lampard. They yeah. brought him in this this season after obviously you know grandfather was still lagging behind Erling Holland and Lampard was able to you know get this team over that home get them scoring like you know one two goals a month mm-hmm. and yeah they did it so you just put the contract on the table let, let Lampard write whatever number he wants because he's at the wheel um he I'm sure has been booted at the door already they yeah. probably his his bag was packed already. <laughs> it was packed for him. Yeah. <laughs> um. I said Chelsea won. Newcastle won. How about that? There you go. Um. What'd you have for this one? Um. I had two nil to Newcastle. Um. Also, Anthony Gordon did something. He did. Yes. He did. First time he's done something since signing for forty million. Manchester United two, Fulham one. Not too much going on in this game, but Mitrovic did miss penalty. Yeah, yet another penalty. It's fourth penalty miss of the season, which is crazy for, for a striker a, of yeah. his quality. Such a clinical. For his goal return, he, 
he's missed so much of the season with injury yeah. and suspension. I think he only played like 23 games and scored 14 goals, yeah. which is yeah. a great return. But he still missed four penalties. <laughs> so maybe just, you know, throw Willie yeah. out. Um, and De Gea saved his first one since God knows how yeah. long. I think ever. Or at least it seemed that way based on how some social media. I mean, only God himself understands how David De Gea won the gold glove this year, but um, rough year for Keith. Southampton four, Liverpool four. A game that raised the meanies eyebrows on multiple occasions that yeah. we were following it in the Arsenal pub in New York City on Sunday. Um, it just got crazier and crazier. First, I, I don't even know how I, I can't remember how this game went. Was it like 2 0, 4 2, 4 4? Was that one? Yeah, yeah. Liverpool went up 2 0. Jota scored off of a mistake in like the 10th man. And then I think it was, um, then it was Firmino who like sat two defenders yeah. down. And well, that was to pass McCarthy. Yeah, that was the banker. <laughs> then just out of nowhere, so, uh, you know, yeah, more Prowse grabbed one. I mean, Southampton scored four unanswered in this game. Yep. Ward Prowse, then I think a double from Sulemana, who after signing for thirty million in January, thought that on the final day, now deep deep rooted <laughs> into the bottom of the league, now is the time to start scoring goals. I mean, they they certainly gave the season ticket holders a nice show, and then Gakpo and Jota scored in the matter of forty five seconds. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty fantastic. Uh, I didn't watch a second of it, but I, the people that did watch a second of it was greatly rewarded with an eight-goal thriller. Um, Arsenal 5, Wolves nil. Arsenal on the final day versus Prime Barcelona. That's that's a matchup. <laughs> that, that's, that's an all-time matchup. Yeah. I mean, if you do one of those, like, 4-3-3, like, um, like, you know, best 11s, yeah. combined 11s, <laughs> Odegaard on the final day or Prime Messi. It's a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone was, I mean, Saka, Saka's been sh- like bang average for 10 weeks and he was like prime. Yes. Everyone put it together. Fucking Trossard picked it up. Jesus. Jaka probably I- scored his first brace for the club in his last ever appearance. His first brace of his professional career. Could be. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it's probably not a huge coincidence. He, he's probably leaking forward a little yeah. bit into the box to see if he can get one. Could have had a hatchery, too. Sure. He had a good yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, serious note, fantastic for Xhaka. We've had so many players leave on sour notes mm-hmm. since I've been a fan. So many players leave on sour notes. Even players that were beloved for 99% of their career. Kachelny, for example beloved player for 98% of his career. For some reason, the last four weeks, we had a fallout and he left for France and he had a falling out with the manager and he left on a sour note. Like, so, it's and it's a testament, again, to, and we'll get into the, you know, end of season stuff, but uh, on a different podcast, but it's a testament to Arsenal's culture change under Arteta because, you know, it's so, it's been, as an Arsenal fan, you're so accustomed to players leaving on sour notes, Kanduzi, Ozil, etc. Um, but Jaka, it's it's nice. It's a nice breath of breath of fresh air when players leave and they can, you know, get their standing ovation from the crowd. Certainly, um, I for one have seen plenty of Greta Jaka, and I am excited to move on. <laughs> I maybe I'd like him as a rotational CDM, but I have had more than my fill of Greta Jaka over the course of my career. I 
wish him well at Bayer Leverkusen, but I, I think it's time to move on personally. No, definitely. And obviously, Arsenal are eyeing up, you know, Declan Rice and, yeah. um, you know, maybe Moises Casado to a lesser extent. But clearly, I think Jaka saw that the writing was on the wall that Arsenal were looking to move on to bigger and better things. But I'm glad that, you know, it's ending in such a amicable way. Yeah. And he's really become a cult hero of this season, which has been great to see, you know, the turnaround from the fans' perspective about how they feel about him. Sure. Grand Jocka. So yeah, great way for him to bow out. I had two nil in this game, so I had I had four one. Okay, so I, I was up goals there. right. Yeah. Um, Brentford one, Man City nil. Brentford do the double over Man City. Obviously, Man City playing their air quotes scrubs mm-hmm. for this one. Um, but obviously, City had their minds in other places, two places specifically: the FA Cup final and the, yeah. the UCL final. Um, they have much bigger fish to fry. I didn't watch a second of this game, but I can imagine that it was an uninspired Man City performance away from home. Again, not too much on the line for either team, but nice token for the Brentford fans to beat City on their home field on the final day. Yeah, and again, like I've said, this was a type of result I could see coming. Yeah, Did I predict it? No, I predicted Man City 2-1 win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brentford's just not a good matchup for City, as I've said time and time again. And listen, like you said, City, this wasn't a game they were really focusing on, but it's still a quality City team they're playing out there. Still throwing World Cup winners out there and, you know, all these, of course, title winners and quality players. So yeah, it's a, it's a great achievement for Brentford and great way to cap off what's been a stellar season absolutely for yeah. them and again even in the face of you know losing their best player they just continue to keep marching forward similar to you know brayton yeah i had three one city in this game so nowhere near it uh aston villa two brighton one now we're getting into the games with you know some decent implications villa needing three points to secure europa conference league football for the next year and they did uh, locking out the Spurs from all kinds of European football for next year, which has its benefits as Certainly, far, yeah. as 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 well oh, as well as its you know drawbacks. Um, but Villa get get it done to one. I had one nothing Villa, so you know one goal difference in favor of Villa. I thought they'd get the job done. And I they had did. Three, I had three two Villa, so, so in the middle. Um. Yep, they stepped up against a Brighton team that wasn't playing for much. Still, Brighton put in a good performance. They need to get it done at home, and they did exactly that. Um, not too much to say in terms of the football on this day, but this could have very much, especially a Spurs team going up against Leeds, who were going to leak goals. Um, a Villa team that knew they needed to get the job done. Yeah. And did just that. And credit to Unai Emery, this second half, Villa team has been fantastic, and they were nothing short of that on Sunday. Now into the relegation battle, and a relegation battle that was not necessarily uneventful, uh, but it did have some pretty key moments in there. Um, Starting off, maybe less so with this game, uh, Leeds 1, Spurs 4, I said... Spurs three leads two, so I I knew that there was going to be goals flying in because both teams it just lended itself to that 
leads leaked so much at the back. They were going to be pressing to win because they needed three points. It was just going to be a King's Sun day at the races. And it certainly was. King got a brace. Um, Pedro Porro won. Lucas Mora in the 96, I think, were the other two. Um, I, we saw this one coming. Leeds haven't had it all season. Of the three teams that were, you know, on the bubble on the final day to go down, Leeds were probably the most sure thing of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with their matchup on the day. Um, but yeah, Big Sam, maybe not a escape art as much of an escape artist as he thought. Yeah, no. Um, this is a real blow to uh to his reputation. Didn't win a single game. Um, wow. As a uh, as Leeds manager, I don't believe. So, yeah, I'm. I wonder if this is you know the end for him as a relegation specialist. You know, if Sheffield United are sitting one point above the drop zone with eight games left, and you know they sack their manager, are they looking to Big Sam? No, they got to look to the real relegation specialist Lampard, and <laughs> kept both Everton and Chelsea up. Yep, doesn't get enough credit that guy. No, he really doesn't. Maybe Sean Dyche. But no, maybe Dyche. If Dyche is going to be there next year. Yeah, we'll see. They're going to need to survive all the same. I don't know who they're signing. This yeah, yeah. Exactly. Dyche kept him up, but yeah. by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. By Decore, you know, Thunderstrike. Yeah. I, like, Dyche, like, you know, he did his job, but, you know, barely. So, I'm not, I'm not ready to say that, you know, Dyche is guaranteed to be there for the whole next season. Any Leeds players you think get poached? Um, could see Tyler Adams, uh, maybe, um, sure. he was one of their bigger signings, uh, this summer, um, you know, coming from a team like RB Leipzig, at least from like a personal yeah. level, I mean, he scored a winner in a Champions League quarterfinal yeah. three years ago. I'm sure he's not thrilled about the concept <laughs> the of playing Barnsley yeah. next season. So yeah, he could be, um, he could be gone. It's really going to be more about, you know, again, players like Tyler Adams who are commanding more Premier League level sure. um, salaries, players like possibly, you know, Rodrigo or... Um, Thinking Sinistera. Yeah, Sinistera. probably stays, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, the thing is, the thing is from Leeds' perspective, they've, got, they've gotten rid of... Um, I mean, before the season, they already got rid of, like, you know, their heavy hitters, like, you know, Calvin Phillips and Rafinha... Some of the guys who are, you know, commanding those bigger uh-huh. salaries or at least would have gotten would have drawn, you know, bigger transfer yeah. fees. So, um I don't think they're uh, from a financial perspective, they're not in too bad of a position mm-hmm. because again, like the wages, you know, aren't gonna be as yeah. as a team like Leicester yeah. who have, you know, had these players who, you know, made signings and you know giving wages to players who in who were pushing for you know champions league yeah soccer just a couple of years ago that's gonna be you know a whole different situation at the king power stadium that they're gonna have to deal with and it's gonna require a lot of you know offloading in the summer sure which i mean we'll talk about in a minute here uh yeah i'll save it a little bit for the the uh Premier League recap podcast, but I do see Leeds coming back up pretty quickly, if not next year, then the next, in the next two years. I think they could be one of those, they could be the new Norwich or something like that, just, you know, mm-hmm. flip-flopping uh, with Luton. Um, 
But we move on to the two teams that were realistically fighting it out for that last place in the Premier League. And that's Leicester and Everton, starting off with Leicester 2, West Ham 1. All Leicester could do was handle their business, and that's what they did. Harvey Barnes getting on the score sheet very early, and Bout Fayez finding the opponent's net for the first time this season. Somebody taught him to shoot in. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, of the Vouts in the Premier League, uh, Vout Fayez scored two for Liverpool, one for Leeds, and Vout Vecourse had no goals. So... <laughs> Let that sink in. Wild face has scored a net three goals more than than Wagors. Um, yeah. Again, it wasn't going to be pretty because Leicester have not been pretty this season, mm-hmm. but they did get the job done. Uh, as I said, they would. I believe I said one nothing, and I said it was going to be Jamie Vardy. Uh, I thought Jamie Vardy was going to start. Mm-hmm. He did not. They played in Acho instead, which in hindsight makes sense. I thought it was him or Daka when I made the prediction, but um. He did see the field at some point, uh, didn't make an impact, but uh, nonetheless, he's one of the players that's probably going to stay next season um, in the championship. I, 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 Who's poaching an old-ass Jamie Vardy at this point? Uh, maybe uh, Everton? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know, they don't have a striker. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking Brighton? I could totally see that. Um Maybe doesn't fit their build-up style, but uh, nonetheless, City did. Uh, Leicester City did their job, um, but unfortunately for them, so did Everton. Everton won, Bournemouth nil. I had Everton won, Bournemouth won. We both got this one wrong. We both said Leicester would stay up, and it ended up being Everton. They were fortunate. To take three points on the day. They were pressing pretty hard in the first half. Maybe deserved one. Maybe didn't. It's tough to say they did with the amount of finishing quality in their lineup. However, that finishing quality ended up coming from Abdullah Decore in the 57th minute. With a strike that caught the Bournemouth goalkeeper by surprise. Didn't even move. Goodison interrupts, and they end up holding on, and I mean that by every sense of the word, holding on. They probably could have, I'm not going to say should have gotten scored on because it is Bournemouth we're talking about, but they could have very easily gotten scored on and late. They would not have much time to to, to secure their survival after that. Uh, there was a flurry of chances in the 85th minute range for Bournemouth that could have kept Leicester up. It did not in the end. Obviously, the pitch was stormed. Really, it's kind of crazy because they put on the board, please don't invade the pitch, <laughs> and they still invaded the pitch, Ethan. That's unbelievable. However, I don't think the font was big enough. I think that was the issue. Because uh, had the fans seen it, I, I think they would have died. Yeah. fans are notoriously reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, Everton claimed that 17th spot, stay up by the skin of their teeth again. And live to fight another day. Sean Dyche, Sean Dyche's appointment proving to be crucial in that uh, survival campaign. Um, but let's talk about Leicester for a second. We just talked about what players Leeds uh, might have poached. Leicester got quite the smorgasbord. 
Yeah. Um. You have to imagine that there's no chance James Madison is. Oh God. Lester. I don't say that with Next. a lot of them. I don't yeah. think Barnes. There's no way Barnes is staying. There's no way Madison is staying. There's no way Indeedy is staying. Wins is already out of contract, yeah. and yeah. he's certainly commanding a high wage. So yeah. there's Gunchy's out of there anyway as well. Mm-hmm. I think Madrid. I thought it could yeah. Madrid. That kind of came out of nowhere. Not <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, the fact that Leicester have gone down with this quality of players is definitely concerning, and it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to yeah. replace that quality going forward. Um. And then of course you have the issues defensively that were there all season. So, Leicester is the team I'd be most concerned about going into the championship next year because they have just a lot to, yeah, a lot to figure out. I think their baseline for quality. Let's say they lose Madison, Tielemans, Ndidi, Soyuncu, Ianacho, and Barnes. That still leaves. Per, uh, Danilo Pereira, that still leaves Drewsbury Hall, that still leaves Patsendaka, that still leaves Jamie Vardy. You know, you don't need... A, Timu Pugi got Norwich up. Like, Jamie Vardy's could score 17 goals in the championship and get this team up in second. With Dean Smith at manager, I could very well see this Leicester City team coming up next year. Uh, maybe would it be you know, far-fetched to say that both Leeds and Leicester would go down and come straight back up, maybe, because the quality of the championship is improving nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Sunderland's getting better, and they might want to claim one of those spots. But I don't know. I th- I was fearful for Burnley. They lost Ben Mee. They lost Tarkowski. They lost Pope. And they came right back up. And they had, didn't have shit on there. I didn't know a single player on that squad, and they came right back up with the right manager. So I think mm. that, you know, Leicester could very easily turn into one of those teams that loses all their talent, drops to the middle of the championship, and it's just a championship mainstay for the next five, six years. But I think they might come up because I like Dean Smith, and I think that those young guys combined with their experience could get the job done at the championship level. However, we do have a final segment this week, and that final segment is the final goal picks update, and it's a somber one for me, Ethan. Yes, it is a somber one. Breathen had a five-goal deficit to uh, to make up on the final day, and he was throwing a bit of a bone instead of the <laughs> usual uh, three picks. He was given five to potentially turn the tide around, and he managed to cut the deficit by just a solitary goal. He had two goals this week, courtesy of Bakayo Saka and Phil Foden, and I had one goal this week, courtesy of Roberto Firmino, bringing the final goals tally. Yeah, you should have watched. Should have Firmino. Yeah. So the final goals tally for this season, I had 34 goals. Brayden had 30. You almost had a goal a week. Yeah. Almost. almost. Almost beat Holland. (laughs) Yeah. um, What went wrong this season in the goal picks? Well, I definitely got blocked more. You had 14 blocks, I had 13. Um, But, I mean, I think I just, like, 
rode with my dogs too much. You know what I'm saying? Like once I found someone that worked for me, like Trossard, I had Trossard a lot. You also picked Skamaka way too many times. You picked Skamaka more than once, and that was... Uh, yeah, you know what? If we went back, we could probably pinpoint a lot of places where yeah. I went wrong. Um, to be fair, I chose Havertz on Ironic. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I was also like... I, w- I could really pinpoint the one spot where I didn't where I fell behind was that I said that Erling Holland wasn't going to have a good season. So I refused to pick Erling Holland for like 20 weeks. I don't think I ever picked Erling Holland and got away with it. I think I yeah. might have picked him like four times and got him blocked every single time. So that pro that stubbornness with Darwin Nunez too, that stubbornness probably didn't get me very far. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I hung in there yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Um, despite not picking the greatest goal scorer in Premier League history in a single season. I hung in there. So, is there something to improve on? Undoubtedly. However, I'm okay with this season. I think, you know, 9 out of 10 times I'll probably lose to Ethan because he's better at predicting goals than me, uh, let's be honest. But hopefully next season is my year. I don't know. Maybe we'll, yeah. maybe we'll switch up the rules a little bit. Maybe make it a little more interesting. I don't know. Well, it, it's something to talk about. Maybe some season. different competitions. Sure. We'll see. We'll see. But this year, it's a clean sweep for me. <laughs> the worst team wins and the gold picks. Yeah. Something to be proud of, certainly. Um, that being said, we will round out the podcast there. A lot of content coming up over the next couple weeks. We got the Premier League season recap. We got the way too early Premier League predictions podcast, which we're going to come out with soon. And we're working behind the scenes a little bit to put together individual season recaps for the Big Six and Newcastle. So we're going to do seven individual podcasts. Not going to be an hour long, probably somewhere from 20 to 30 minutes. Mm. But each and every Big Six team, we believe, has a lot to talk about when it comes to this 38-game season. So we're going to dissect that to its core um you know we're thinking about doing newcastle but they've certainly earned their uh their spot in the in the lineup um so yeah we're that that's all gonna be coming out in the next couple weeks um and it should be a fun summer i'm gonna be here in the studio until first week in august so we're gonna have a lot of content coming out so i'm very excited about it and i was looking back at my Premier League predictions and there's gonna be a, a bit of laughs, yeah. I, I'll say, when we break those things out. There were some chuckles. <laughs> but with that, we will say goodbye. Adios. See ya.